Welcome back to a very special episode of the Esquire Q&A podcast. I'm Ashish Menon, and today we've got the comedy savant himself, Mark Norman. He just released his new Netflix special, Soup to Nuts. It's called that because it covers everything under the sun that makes Mark laugh. So it's a good time to ask him about what makes him tick. Without further ado, here's my interview with Mark Norman. <laughs> comedy, <Thank> you, sir. <laughs> hey, you look great. Great frames and cool t-shirt. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is uh, it's like a personalized T-shirt for that my dad made for me, where it goes like, "Father and son, best friends for life." So I've never heard that it's a cool T-shirt before. I appreciate that. I like it. I wish he was my dad. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, you, you've been like all around the place, like all the time. You're just you're just coming off the fully loaded tour with Bert Kreischer, and you did a show in Nashville and Boston before you came back to New York, and then did four shows at the cellar do you do you ever wow. take a do you ever take a break mark like wh- wh- why is it important for you to work as hard as you do at stand-up uh well man i pre boy you know my schedule so well that was impressive you know you know me better than my father uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i um i just like to work and i always forget about the little things you know people say you want to do nashville i go hey, i'd love to do nashville i love nashville i love the club i love comedy but then you forget like, oh, that requires packing a bag, getting in an Uber, flying, you know, at the go to the airport, flying there, landing, get another Uber. And I always forget about that part. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just say yes to everything. And then I realize, oh, my God, I want to kill myself. I'm hung over and now I'm at uh, baggage claim and I want to vomit on the floor. But uh, <laughs> I still get to do the Nashville shows. It's kind of like a lady. You're like, oh, I'd love to have sex with this lady. Then you realize you got to meet her parents and get married, and then you have a kid, and you know you want to kill yourself. Right. There's a lot of work that you didn't think that was part of the deal, huh? Yeah, I got to remember that as a as a factor. Well, what is? A, I'm curious. What is? What does Mark Norman do on his day off? Oh, I'd kill for a day off. Well, I actually like stand up, so I would try to chill out all day. I, lo- I love walking. I'm a big walk guy. I think walking is highly underrated. Uh, so I would walk around the city with a podcast going, maybe do a couple of pull-ups on some scaffolding, have a nice lunch with the wife, maybe, uh, you know, try to fuck her in the ass and then uh, write some jokes and then go do some comedy. Right. So, so you're, uh, you're obsessed with comedy. That's kind of nice that, that you say that it's like a, is it almost like a drug to you? Yeah, I just think uh, my life was kind of empty and boring, and uh, it's such a gift. I mean, I used to be a janitor, for Christ's sake, so, like, Mm -hmm. I'm from Louisiana, you know? (laughs) I'm I'm nothing special, so comedy is, like, a cool way to get to do what you love and uh, be somebody. You get to make a a room of strangers laugh. I mean, what's better than that? So I feel very lucky to be able to do stand-up, and... Uh, so anytime I can do it, I'm like, hell yeah. A lot of guys are like you, you're working a night, take a night off. I'm like, I'm actually sadder on a night off. I like to work. I don't consider it work. It's fun. The travel is work. Yeah. That really comes through in, in like everything that I see you on. You're, you're like a joke machine on stage and on podcasts. You don't ever like turn it off even in like four hour conversations. Like, are you able to turn off that comedy brain of being on in your regular personal life or is that in itself something that you like have to fight off? Uh, well, it's two things. One, I'm 
I'm constantly uncomfortable. Everything I, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable all the time. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I feel like everybody hates me. So I feel like I'm boring. So I think if I make a joke, it'll, it comforts me. So it's not, it's not me being, Hey, I love jokes. I gotta, I do love jokes, but I gotta be funny right now. It's like, Oh God, I'm uncomfortable. Make a joke. So that's where mm -hmm. that comes from. And then, uh, uh, also my brain works analogously. Uh, it's all, I don't think people understand what I'm talking about a lot. So I make analogies and I think I got good at it over the years. Cause it was, it was all I had for people mm -hmm. to get me. And uh, so now I just tend to do it naturally. It's like, you know, if you, you say something to somebody and they're like, wait, what? And you go, you know, it's kind of like this. And they go, oh, I get it. And I do <laughs> right. that in my act a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what do you think that, that you'd be doing today if you weren't a comedian? Like, I can't picture you doing anything else. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh, I thought copywriter would be kind of cool. Like, you know, writing a ads i remember seeing um there's a scotch called j and b scotch and i saw a billboard when i was a kid and it said you can't have christmas without j and b and it said ingle l's like jingle bells j and b mm -hmm. and it blew my goddamn mind i was like <laughs> oh my god that's so because it was basically a joke but I, I just was like, oh, my God, I was a little kid. I was like six. I didn't know what scotch was, but I remember thinking, that is so cool. It was like a little magic trick in words. And uh, so I would try to do something like that, like some kind of advertising slogan type stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see that. You, you know, you always hear the thing of like comics want to be musicians and musicians want to be comics. Uh, like, does that ring true for you at all or no? Are you happy where you are i've heard that a million times and i have zero desire to be a musician i don't want to be some chooch in leather pants uh up on stage with a guitar strumming about his fucking ex-girlfriend I, I have no i'd way rather be a comedian i don't i don't have that at all but everybody's like oh i want to get up there and, and shred on a guitar play the drums or rap i have zero desire to do that i i'm, I'm too I'm too stiff. I'm, I can't be vulnerable. So, uh, no, thank you. I'll stick with the zingers. Yeah. So we, uh, we probably won't, won't see you on, uh, on comedy def jam anytime soon, huh? Unless it's like a, a Pee Wee Herman song. Yeah. Yeah. I did that, uh, that comedy jam or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I sucked. The guy begged me to do it. I was like, it's going to be bad. And I did it. And he said that was hands down the worst performance we've ever had. And I said, I told you. <laughs> I have to look that up. It's bad. It's bad. I think this is how we do it. And it, I, I think I walked half the crowd. Jeez. Oh, okay. So that was, that was a pretty bad bomb, but you know, like, um, oh, yeah. like growing up in like a dilapidated mansion that would often get broken into, I'm, I'm sure you learned pretty quickly, both like how to think on your feet and how to keep your cool in a stressful situation. You know, like bombing on stage mm. doesn't really hold a candle to walking into a robbery as a child. Right. <laughs> wow boy you did your homework i'm so impressed uh yeah maybe maybe you're right i never thought of it like that uh, i was just terrified constantly as a kid uh so <laughs> yeah bombing on stage sucks but yeah it's got nothing on on um yeah seeing a fucking crime happening in your home so yeah maybe you're right i never thought about that but uh it that 
that's true. But I will say when I'm when I'm bombing, it does trigger those old feelings of like, oh my god, I'm so scared right now. But <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it. Maybe you got something there. Well, well done, detective. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, maybe fire your therapist. I got you, Mark. Uh, yeah, it's too expensive. <laughs> like you said, you're you're really like neurotic about certain things. Does that specifically help you with finding observational bits out in the world? Uh, probably because I'll just analyze the shit out of everything. I'm like, was that stupid? Why do we do this? That's weird. How come that's that? And so I think that does lead to a lot of comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking about stuff and then I'm always worried I'm doing it wrong. So when you're worried you tend to think and, and uh, fester on something. And then you're like, well, that's kind of funny. And now here we are writing a bit about comparing uh, pet shops to strip clubs. So it's, a, it's a beautiful process that you have. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, Mark, being like all over the place and, and you know, being at this for years, you've made like a, a considerable fan base that you come face to face with on a weekly basis. I know you don't like uh, to get, you know, serious or sappy a lot of the time, but can you tell me about any fan interactions that made you feel the weight of like how beloved you are? Like, has that happened for you? Well, Hey, wow. That's very nice. I appreciate it. I, I I'm not good at absorbing that stuff. I got to get better at that. And also I have a fear that if I let that shit sink in, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll stop being funny. So I think I kind of like when someone's gushing, I try to put the kibosh on it because I'm like, all right, don't don't ruin it. Oh, I don't want to get a big head. You know, a lot of these comics, they get a big head. And then uh, before you know it, they're less funny. I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to be that guy. So um, I have seen it and I get a lot of messages and it's super nice. But again, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt and keep moving, baby. Mm -hmm. what's the uh what's the worst fan interaction you've ever had oh geez so i was dating this girl for a while and uh i didn't you know we weren't that serious so i was kind of seeing a couple gals and he was like in in front of her he was like wait you're with her i thought you were with this other gal what are you doing man? And i was like shut the fuck up man what are you doing <laughs> like you, you you try to be cool and like be keep it, you know, fun on on the podcast and tell crazy stories, and then this guy's like bringing it all up in front of her, and she's like, "Wait, what?" Uh? And I'm like, "This is a, you're you're a fucking snake, man. This guy's mean." And uh, it got it got weird. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine. Um, but fan, fans are just so funny because they they listen to you talk every week or every night or on a pod or whatever, and they 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 know who I am but they still think I want to go to their house and like swim in their pool. <laughs> I'm like, weren't you listening when I said I'm an introvert and I'm a weirdo and uh, right. you, you, you still think I'd want to go to your house. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah I mean, cause, cause I can sort of understand it. Cause you're in these people's ears, like 24 right. seven, so much of the week. And you know, especially when you have guests on, I feel like the lonely people might be like, Oh yeah, these are my friends. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. It's called parasocial relationships. Right. Yeah. Which is like the, the most, yeah, the wildest, most like terrifying thing that. Yeah. That, yeah. And I get um, it. You know, I see, I see Bill Burr and I go, oh my God, Bill. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know you that well. So I get it, but you gotta, you gotta put the, you gotta put a governor on it. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, oh, I feel like, is it Joe List, the story where he blew it with Seinfeld? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he he exaggerated that for comedic effect, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a tough feeling. I've had I've had big comics be like, "All right, dude, you're annoying," and I'm like, "Oh, that crushes me." Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm hearing you like say a lot, like, "Oh, you like to keep yourself." Uh, at a humble place but like on the other side of that like obviously the thing about being funny to me at least from the outside looking in is like the attempt in itself comes with an attempt at being liked so like with Mm. with the huge views the praise from your peers top streamers wanting to work with you and the loyal fan base uh, that you've built like has that cup like sort of been filled for you being liked oh wow that's another great question well, the thing with the with the cup is, I think it's got a hole in it. So even when I fill it and it's full to the top, there's a tiny little pin prick in the bottom, and it'll eventually drip out. So then you're right back to zero again uh, after like, you know, a day. So mm-hmm. it'll fill up, but it'll go back down. Wow! Yeah, great I, question. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's kind of my job, Mark. So I'm I'm all right yeah. at it. <laughs> and see, I just did another analogy. I had to make the cup thing. So because I thought that would help you understand my point. So that oh, I, I yeah, I completely understand. Yeah, the cup thing's great. The cup thing is uh yeah, I'm very much uh sort of similar in that way. But but I mean, do you feel like you've made it? Like, and if so, like, what was that realization for you specifically? Like, did you have a time? Yeah, I finally feel like I've made it, but here's here's why the brain is so fucking evil, is I finally feel like I've made it, and now now that's a new problem. Now I'm like, I got to keep it. I got to hold on to it. Oh, my God, it could go away at any moment. So before it was all about making it, making it, making it, and now it's like, I made it. It could go away. So, again, I always find the negative. I'm a cynical son of an onion. But, uh, yeah, I, I think for me the big the big break was like I did out to lunch, and I couldn't get, I couldn't sell a ticket. I couldn't get on any Netflix or HBO. And it did so well on YouTube with the numbers. And then people were like, oh, okay, wow. This guy actually proved himself a little bit. I think you got to mm-hmm. prove yourself. Everybody wants like some big break, but I'm like, you got to earn it. Go earn the break. You, you know, you're not going to just step onto a stage and have a, a fat guy with a cigar and a suit on go, you're in kid. I got you. You're in the show business. I'm going to make you a star. You make yourself a star. It's not like that anymore. No, those days are over. But there's pros and cons because now you have the freedom of the internet and you can, there's no gatekeeper. So it's, it's yeah, good and bad. You really like blew up in a huge way with your with your YouTube special out to lunch. Like it's at like over 12 million views now. Like, did you think oh, that yeah. betting on yourself would pay off like that? I, I feel like you really started <laughs> the trend in like YouTube specials. Uh, I did not think it would pay. I, I really saw it as a failure. Nobody would buy it. I put it on YouTube as like a last ditch effort. All right, we'll just put it on this free platform that nobody respects. And uh, it just popped. And hey, a view is a view. Who cares where it's from? So uh, yeah, I it, I definitely didn't see it as like a win. It was a win when it got a 10 million views. That was the win. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10 million views is like a, a huge win. I, I know you used to tell your dad that you'd be like a mailman or a bellhop or a waiter as like a, a rudderless college kid. Like now that you've made it, do the parents sort of give it up to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, finally. They kind of, uh, the because the, you got to realize like they don't know comedy. So you go, I got to the comedy cellar. And they're like, who? What's that? A cellar? What does that mean? And <laughs> 
So those little little milestones mean nothing to them, and that's not their fault. They don't they don't know what the fuck that is. But yeah. I got on Conan, and that was a thing because now it's like a a TV show with a celebrity on it. So when Seinfeld shouted me out, that's when they were really like, "Holy moly, this guy is making some waves." We know who that is. He's a big deal. Uh, so then, yeah, the Netflix special, and and now they're they're super supportive and they're on board. But took a minute. Yeah, I mean, you're you're one of the the few comedians in your generation to get a cosign from Seinfeld himself. Like, who's some of the comedians that you'd recommend to people that you feel like we're missing out on if we if like we don't watch them? Uh, preferably people that you know have stuff out that we can find. Yeah, that's a, another great. I love this question because I love giving some love to these uh, killers out there who are not as big as they should be. Uh, write these down, kids. So I'd say Sean Patton. I started with him in Louisiana. He's a little older than me, but he is just like one of these kind of lightning in a bottle comics. You can't really, you can't really put a hole. He's just wacky and all over the place. Unpredictable kills. Interesting. Original. Then there's a guy, Chad Daniels, who has a ton of stuff. He was number one on Pandora uh, for a while, but he is so good. I just, he did fully loaded and he was, he was killing every night in these arenas with brilliant stuff. Um, there's a gal, Dina Hashem, who is a Muslim gal, and uh, she's got great jokes. I think she's coming out with a special soon. She's done Conan a few times. Uh, who else? Anthony DeVito is a funny comedian in New York. I think he's got an album out. Check him out. Uh, there's a guy, Ian Lara, who's really funny. L-A-R-A. He's got an mm -hmm. HBO thing that nobody saw. Uh <laughs> Geez, I'm blanking on more, but uh, that's a pretty good. Pretty yeah, good that's starting with Jessica good... Kirsten is funny, but she's she's mm -hmm. kind of cooking right now. So, yeah, 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 check those people out. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, oh, Sean did... Murphy, Sean Murphy, check him out. He's got an album too, Sean Murphy. Okay. Okay, sorry. That's... Yeah, yeah, you you gave uh, you gave our listeners a bunch of uh, homework to do, but it's good homework. I uh, yeah, I recognize a lot of the names on that list, and and I'm big fans of them too. So that's awesome. Oh, great. Uh, how how did it feel yeah. to like uh, get that get that sort of thumbs up from Seinfeld? Like, did he call you? Like, do you guys keep in touch now? Like, how's that work? It was, uh, it was surreal to say the least. I mean, it still blows my mind that I have his phone number that we've met. Uh, but it's the beautiful thing about comedy is uh, there's less pretension. Like Mick Jagger is never gonna meet this bar barroom guitar playing musician. He's off, you know, at the O2 Arena. This bar, bar barroom musician is just in some rinky-dink bar somewhere in Cleveland, but he's brilliant and killing, but he'll never meet Mick Jagger. I got to meet Seinfeld because he saw me on The Tonight Show or he saw me at a comedy club, and that's what's so cool. We're just both comics. Obviously, he's huge, and I'm not, but we're both comedians, and comedians kind of stick together. So that was so big for me. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like life is long enough that you could watch this guy in your living room with your parents on TV and then one day know him. So it's all very bananas and I don't want to text him too much and bother him. Yeah. I see that. Uh, I see that self-deprecating thing coming back when, when you go, Oh, he's huge and I'm not, but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about a guy that's, you know, on the biggest streamer once again, you know, tens of millions of views. Like you, you are kind of you're hot shit right now, Mark. 
Oh, come on. I'll OD tomorrow. People <laughs> forget about me in 10 seconds. I mean, I mean, Sounds honestly, though, you uh, you seem to be living the dream, and that's great. But like, what about the other side, though? What's the worst part about being a comic? Uh, I think it's the uh, well, for me anyway. I'm a sensitive queef, you know. I'm I'm such a bitch that like those those negative comments they hurt my feelings. Uh, I I need to get over that. But this the hard part really is the the coming up with material. Like you're laying in bed going. Oh my God, I just put out an hour. I need a new hour. I have nothing. Then you to work out material is so, it's so humiliating and people come out and see you because they want you to be funny, but they don't want you to do the old stuff. So you have to work out new in front of them and it's a nightmare. So that part is, is really hard. Just coming up with content, but not just content, but good content quick. So that is very daunting. Yeah, that's that's crazy that that you say that it's it's humiliating to you after like yeah you got like more than fifteen years like in the game now, and like oh, you know yeah. people that are coming out to your shows it's pretty cool like they're huge fans of you and I doubt that they even know that you're working on new stuff right now, but uh but I mean you know if you want a real you know maybe scarier experience it'd be cool for you to like go to new places that you haven't visited before. Like, do you think we'll see you perform in the UAE anytime soon? Cause come on. I mean, now uh, uh, we, you know, this past year we got Jim Jeffries, we got uh, Jimmy Carr, your friend, uh, Rachel Feinstein came by uh, Bill Byrne, September, Andrew Schultz, Whoa, October. Wait. Where's the UAE? What is that? That's, that's uh Dubai. That's where Dubai is. Oh, Dubai. Oh, I'd yeah. love to go to Dubai. Yeah, I just did Australia. I did New Zealand. I'm going to Berlin next month. I'm going to Lisbon and uh, uh, Dublin. So, hell, let's do a Dubai. I'm down. I don't know if I'm big enough yet. You got to be huge to do Dubai. That's a big market. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll come there I, eventually. I feel like you're, uh, yeah, you're being humble again. But yeah, maybe, you know, like a we might be drunk sort of tour situation. You and Sam come out here. That'd be sick. Hell yeah. I mean, I do say praise Allah a lot, so maybe they know who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet they do. Um, I'd be, I would be down. I'd love to go. I'll get a Bugatti and, and uh, get some necklaces and, and an Armani suit. I'm in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you really got to live it up the Dubai way. That's the only yeah. way to do it. Hell yeah. Mark, you're, uh, you're one of the few comedians in your generation, like I said, that are like real joke writers like i can watch your sets multiple times and still laugh and enjoy it like it's the first time like oh how, thanks dude you're welcome like and i'm not just saying that you know because it's nice that and it works with the question like i wouldn't have written it down if i didn't believe that but how does it how does it feel to perfect and like crack a joke that you've been working on like is there a moment where you know that it's finished yeah, it's a great feeling to, because, you know, it start, you start with nothing, obviously. You start with an idea, and you have to make that idea into something people think is funny, give a shit about, and can understand, which is a lot of stuff. It's a lot of boxes to check. But when you complete a joke, I mean, there's, it's, just, it's just the best feeling. It's got to be how, like, a, a contractor feels, like, finally when they step away and a house is finished, the plumbing the wood, the, the floors, the, the stairwell, the roof. It's like so much mm -hmm. goes into it. You can just step back and go, great, put a family in there. I did this. And uh, that's how I feel with the joke. Obviously, it's not as important as a house, but 
you know, it's just it was just an idea that came out of my asshole, thin air, and then now it's like making some guy laugh in Cleveland. The whole thing's insane. It's such a cool thing. So yeah, right, great yeah. feeling, but boy, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, yeah. Is it like the the little the little sort of wins, the big laughs, like on the way where the joke's kind of making its itself, like because uh, like yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like for me like you know, you know, being a journalist and like writing articles and reaching out to people, all that stuff. It's like, I, I genuinely like don't really enjoy the process that much, but when it's done, I'm like, yeah, yes. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Hell, that's really the key to happiness. I think everybody's like trying to take a pill or meditate. Like, no, no, the key is satisfaction, finish something, do mm -hmm. something challenging and then complete it. Make, give yourself a goal and get to that goal and then do it again and again. That's really the key to happiness. It's it's not really this magic feeling. No, you gotta you gotta go get it. Yeah, I feel like the opposite of that key, and and I know that it, you know it's like it's turned into somewhat of like the bread and butter for comedians, like you know short form content, like on TikTok. You know what I mean? Because it's so like it's not yeah. uh it's not gratifying at all. Like have you have right. you gotten have you gotten in sort of uh you know those uh, doom scrolling like holes where you just like you know. Cause for me, you know, I'll like get on TikTok and I black out and it's four hours later and I'm like, yeah, what? yeah, no, it's horrible. I think that's why people went so crazy during the pandemic. I have friends who just, they're different people now. Like something snapped in their brain. It's cause we just sat there and watched the news and death and politics and Trump and the Capitol riot and the uh, TikTok. Uh, it's a girl's ass. Then it's a fist fight. Then it's an animal attack. It's, I don't think we're meant to consume shit like that. And it's designed to hold your attention. So of course it's going to work and mm -hmm. it does work. And you got to have the, the wherewithal and the discipline to go, no, 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 I've had too much. Let me read a fucking book. Let me play the piano. Let me jerk off. Let me talk to a friend. Something. I, I know that, uh, yeah. Cause, cause you gave me like a bunch of those recommendations you like you somehow have time to watch other comedians. Do you have like a top three specials from this past year? Oh, this past year. Uh, that's going to be tough because uh, I haven't seen all. Jeez, ah, what was this last year? I thought uh, Sam Arills was great. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what it's called. It's on Netflix. This time tomorrow. Yeah, so, same time uh, tomorrow. Yeah, that's the same time was. tomorrow. Yeah. That was great. I thought uh, Louis was great. Uh, sorry, I don't know. That might be two years ago, but that was that was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, Mulaney's was cool. The uh, the 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 cocaine thing. Special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that called? It was a nice uh, style change for him. Uh yeah, it was like Honey Boy, Johnny Boy, something boy, Baby J. Baby J, there it is. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't close, but you, you, you got me. There it is. What about uh, what about top three specials of all time for you? Woo! Well, I'm gonna try to be objective and not because some of them they hit you at the right time. You're young; they mean a lot to you. So, I'm gonna try to just not go personal and emotional. I'm gonna try to go objective. I think, I think chewed up is like a masterpiece. Uh, uh, I think who did uh, who did that? Who did who did oh, that's, shoot up? That's Louis Louis's second special, I believe. He did uh, he did Shameless, then he did Chewed Up, and Chewed Up to me is like his 
his his top of the top of the heap, like masterpiece, best work he's ever done. His opus. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Then Chris Rock. Chris Rock, bring the pain is pretty damn amazing. It's it's raw, it's dark, it's funny, it's silly, it's uh, it's got everything. It's got like crazy jokes where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe he's saying that, but it's also pretty really smart. Um, that three is tough. There's so many great specials. I, I think uh, you can you can rattle them off. I got time. All right. I'm gonna rattle. I, I love I love Seinfeld's first one. The I'm telling you for a last time that mm-hmm. has so many great jokes in it. Uh, it's just years of reps and doing work. I love these early specials because you you can see how much time and effort people put into it. Um, Killed Him Softly by Dave Chappelle. That that first one is incredible, top to bottom. The Sesame Street bit that's incredible. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I should say a lady before I get in trouble. Uh, 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 hold on. I liked Ellen. Ellen's first one is really good. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Here and Now, I want to say. Could be wrong. Oh, and, and then Richard Pryor, obviously, with uh, Live in Concert, might be the best comedy special ever made, top to bottom. Uh, Gaffigan's uh, Beyond the Pale is great. Uh, Mulaney's New in Town is still, I think, his best work. Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Bargatze's last special. Put that on the list. That that one, that one was incredible. We'll bump that. Mulaney's out. Uh, Nate's in for the last year. That one he did uh, in Phoenix. I forgot the name of it. it was on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Nate Bargatze. Ah, uh, shit. But yeah, that uh, Bill Burr's uh, whatever one he had a black sweater and gray pants, and he talked oh, about. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's sick the one of the, get, that's clipped a bunch. Yeah, he's like, I'm sick of the uh, these racial movies with the with the white teacher who has to help the black kids. Uh, uh, you know what, what's next? A movie about ping pong? They're stealing the paddles. I mean that that <laughs> hour to me blew my mind. That one's great. So yeah, a lot yeah. of good stuff in there. Yeah, I gotta I gotta help you out with a with a little context here. When when you said like, oh, I gotta add a woman in. Honestly, you're like a comedy nerd, and and you've. Uh, You've you've put me on to a lot of like great uh female comics like Maria Bamford. I didn't know who that was. Oh until, yeah. yeah, you yeah, and then a bunch more. But um oh Michelle Wolf, Michelle Wolf's first uh HBO special was incredible. Check that out. Yeah, I uh I don't know. I just feel like telling you this. I don't know how you're gonna take it, but um oh oh damn oh is that your Maine Coon cat? Oh yeah. Damn, that looks wild. It looks like it it, it hates minorities. <laughs> it's a crazy cat. It's like a tiger in your house. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, uh, whenever whenever I put people on to you, I say um, it's like if Seinfeld was funny, because I don't know if it's nah. like uh, I don't know if it's like because I'm younger, you know, it's sort of like a Beatles situation where you know people took Seinfeld's thing and you know made it better. So if you if you if you watch it when you're older and then you don't get it but on yeah honestly Seinfeld's never really made me laugh but uh uh-huh. but you sort of have that solid structure <laughs> along with the ha-has so uh well hey I appreciate it. I mean like trust me he's a funny guy and he uh I like you wouldn't have a lot of comics without him so yeah it's like that Beatles thing where sure that's not for the kids today but everybody's doing them 
You know, mm. they're just doing a newer, more modern version. I think Seinfeld's got a lot of that. Like his observational stuff is pretty brilliant. Uh, he's got that great joke. He's like, uh, public speaking is the number one fear in America. Number two is death. Death <laughs> is number two. That means most people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Uh, Mark, yeah. you do uh, you do recs on your podcast. We might be drunk. Do you have any any recs for the Esquire audience? Oh, you want comedy? You want movie? What do you want? Give me whatever, uh, whatever you got. You know, comedy, music, uh, movies. Um, I don't know, like a new service sure. you've been using. Well, yeah, whatever, whatever you want. Okay, I'd say movie. Go watch uh, Twelve Angry Men. I just rewatched it. It's incredible. It's like uh, it's like relevant to today. It's made in 1961 or something, and it's in, it just it holds up. It like people need to watch it again because it's so uh relevant with like canceling and all this shit and uh the internet fascinating movie great movie uh comedy check out those new people i mentioned and uh oh all quiet on the western front another amazing movie sorry i'm doing movies here and turn your phone off there's a wreck turn your phone off and uh delete your social media and go go get a smoothie that's the, yeah, the uh, turn your phone off rack is something that I definitely need. Uh, thanks so much, Mark, for uh, taking the time out of your day for the Esquire little Q&A. I appreciate it. Yeah, everybody uh, watch the uh, watch the new hour. Um, yeah. You know where to find it. Oh, yeah. You got that right. Netflix, baby. Soup to nuts. Thank you. Praise Allah. See you in Dubai, fatty. <laughs> Yo, thanks so much. Thank you, man. Good, good, good questions. Appreciate, appreciate it. Good to meet you. you. Comedy.